Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Y'all ready for the word? Um, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm coming off of a slight cold and my throat is still kind of like not cooperating with me. So if um, you hear me not sounding my normal self, that's what's happening. So just bear with me today. And, uh, and I really want to continue. How many, how many of you guys were here last week? A bunch of you, most of you. If you weren't here last week, I encourage you, go listen to the message because today we're going to be kind of continuing in the same vein. And I really feel like what the Lord is wanting to do as far as this body in this house is he's wanting to, um, he's wanting to redefine what church looks like for us and not, not necessarily um, do away with everything, but I think he wants to give us a healthy perspective of his design and what he desires for the body of Christ. Amen. And so um, I want to recap just for a moment last week. Last week, we talked about the body of Christ. Um, The Apostle Paul, he talked about the church, that we are the body of Christ, right? And some of you might look like a hand in the body. Some of you might look like an eyeball. And um, but how many of you know we all need each other, right? There's diversity in the body, if we all think the same, if we all of our giftings are the same, then it might, um, it might get a little boring. <laughs> but we need all the different giftings. We need all the different personalities. And we need all the different leadership that the Lord has placed and made for the body. And so last week, we specifically talked about the, how the Lord established leadership in the body. And there were five different leadership gifts that the Lord gave to the body, and they were apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. And last week, I actually, what I I did was I said that each one of these leaders, when if they came to this meeting, that they would leave saying something different, except I didn't tell you what the last two would say, and so I had people coming up after saying, what did they say? And so um, real quick, I was going to recap and give you that. So we said that the if, if the, the teacher, somebody who was a teacher in the body of Christ came to this meeting today, they would leave saying, what did we learn? Right? And then uh, pastors would say, who was here? Because they just love people. Pastors love people. They should love people. Evangelists, they would say, who got saved today? Who gave their lives to Jesus? Um, and then the two that I didn't get to, the prophet would say, what did God say today? Right? And then the apostle would say, was God here today? So while the the pastor's saying, who is here today? Because he just loves people. God made him like that. The apostle's going to say, was God here? Did he show up? And um, so that's what we talked about last week. I would highly encourage you, if you didn't get to listen to that, to go and listen to it. Because I believe it is significant to what he's wanting to, what he is doing and establishing in this house. Amen? Awesome. So... Today, I want to dive into a really fun subject. Actually, for the next two weeks, we're going to unpack um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. All right, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is about the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 13 is about the Spirit of the gifts. 
And chapter 14 is how those gifts function in the church. So this, these next couple of weeks are going to really feel like th- this is, um, this is I-, I really want to teach us. I really want us to kind of pull back the veil and say, okay, this is what the body of Christ should look like in God's heart for us. And um, I believe there's lots of freedom and joy and love in the body of Christ. Um, and there, God, but God does have a divine order to the body. He has a divine order of how he wants people to be built up, encouraged, and how to grow. And I, I also believe that for a long time, um, especially in the Western church, we have gotten a little out of order as far as how we um, do church and, and our identity as the church. And I believe that we're in an hour where God is not trying to build ministries around a man. He is, we're, we, Jesus, he, the, so in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul actually talks about us as the body, right? And he says, Jesus is the head. He's the head. So Jesus is the leader. Um, I'm super grateful for what I get to do here at the church, but let me tell you this is Jesus is the leader. And he does establish his leadership, but he is the head. He is the brain of the operations, right? And so this should be good news to you because you may say, well, what does this mean for me? It means a lot about you because this, this is actually, this isn't just for us, you coming to a church, this is us learning to be the church. And that's what the goal should be. This shouldn't be, well, this is just a place for me to come and meet a few people and my kids get to learn about God. This is actually us coming together and encouraging and building one another up all around this man, Jesus, learning how to lead our families to him, learning how to lead our children to him, learning how to operate in what the Lord has uh, gifted us to be and made us to be so that we can be one with him. Jesus's prayer in John 17 was that, Father, that they would be one as you and I are one. And so today I want to jump into 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to give, I'm giving you a brief overview of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not even jumping in to tell you about what those gifts look like per se today. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about the function of the gifts. But I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of the gifts. Okay? So let's start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So Paul's saying, listen, when it comes to, the, to spiritual realities, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, I don't want you to be in the dark. I believe today the Lord's saying the same thing, is I don't want you to be in the dark. You're, you are actually meant to be someone who is spiritually minded. The moment that you are born again, that your spirit was made alive, is now we are learning to actually be a spiritually minded people. You, you are made up of three different parts, okay? You have a spirit man, which comes alive as you make Jesus Lord. In Romans 8, it talks about that the Holy Spirit comes and bears witness with your spirit that he is Father. So there's something that happens when you come to him and you give him your life and you, you experience the work of the cross and the, the finished work of Jesus in your life. The Bible says that old things have passed away and all things become new. You are born again, but you are born of the, in the spirit. 
Jesus had a discussion with some um, religious leaders, and he said, the only way to inherit the kingdom of God is to be born again. And they said, well, that doesn't make any sense. Can, can someone go back in their mother's womb and then come back out again? They were kind of making fun of him, and he said, no. He said, how are you the teachers of Israel, and you don't understand this? Is that, yes, you are born of flesh, you are born once, but to be born again is to be born again in your spirit, where your spirit comes alive to him because of Jesus and because of your response to him. So if you have said yes to him and you are a born-again believer, that means your spirit has been awakened, has come alive to him. You have been made alive in Jesus. So you have that part of you. Then you have flesh and bones, right? Everybody here, you have flesh. You have a body. And then you have your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, Okay, And so what happens is before your, your spirit man is awakened, um, the leader in your life is most likely your flesh. You live by your own cravings. You, you, you live by whatever your flesh desires and those needs, that's what you live for, right? Um, when it comes to your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, that is being fed by one or two things, either your flesh or your spirit man. And so the Lord, what he wants to do is teach us how to actually be a spiritual people who are aware of spirit things so that our mind, our will, our emotions, what we believe, what we do, and emotions, what we actually feel, are actually led by the spirit of God. Okay, y'all with me this morning? Y'all good? And so what he so Paul is saying here, I want you to be know about this the I want you to know about spiritual things. I don't want you to be uninformed. It's important. If we're spiritual people, we should actually be students of the spirit. All right, let's keep going. He goes on to say, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He's talking to a people that um had in a very religious culture, there were different idols, there were different gods, okay? You had the God of the sea, and you had the God of, you know, whatever, the God of the grass, I don't know. There's different, there's all kinds of different gods, but he was saying they didn't speak. They represented certain things, and he says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He was establishing there is one God. He was saying this, is that what, what religion and what gods looked like in that time was there was the God of this and there was the God of that. And if you saw this happen, well, that God was responsible for this. If, if the sea is raging, well, the God of the sea must be upset. But he was saying, listen, you need to understand there's all these different manifestations in the kingdom, under, but there's one God. There's one God. So he was trying to say, in God, there's a diversity of gifts and a diversity of things happening, but there's only, there's one God with the same heart, with the same mind. He's not, um, it's not a bunch of different gods making different things happen, okay? That's what he's establishing. And then it goes on to say, um, 
There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So again, he keeps reaffirming this, is that all the things that you see that should be happening in the church, there's one God, there's one Spirit, and there's one Lord. Okay? Um... It says, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, here's the deal. The moment your spirit man came alive, whether you've become aware of it or not, whether you have actually identified what he has given to you and the get what he has gifted you with, um, you actually have been, giving a, been given a manifestation of the Spirit of God inside of you. And what is it for? It's for the common good. So what are the gifts for? They are for the common good. If you are like, I have a gift and it's, to, and, and it's something crazy and it doesn't help people, that wasn't from him. That's your own gift thing that you made up and... Okay, <laughs> the, gift, the gifts of the Spirit actually are for the common good, okay? Um, so, so in this, um, let, let me just finish reading this. It says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Next week, I'm going to be talking about prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Because I believe that is not talked about in the body. And I want to bring a lot of clarity to that. Amen? It's going to be good. You should, you should be here next week. And I'm glad you're here this week. Um, so, and, but this is what it says. There's all these different giftings, but he, he, he ends this thought with saying, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Okay. So, so you need to know this is, um, you, you can, um, Paul actually talks about and something we'll, we'll hit on again in next week, but he actually says to desire all the gifts. You get to ask for the gifts. As you, if you're a son of God, a daughter of God, you get to ask for all the gifts. You, he says to desire them, but it is actually the spirit of God who distributes them as he desires, right? And I think a lot of times this happens because you don't, you don't need to be everything to everybody, we all need our part. I think he does that so that we have to really fight for unity. Paul actually, the Corinthian church was in a place where there was actually a lot of divisions happening. And Paul actually begins, as he addresses the divisions, he says, I want you to agree to be in unity. Before he talks about the functions of the church and all that, he said, you've got to agree about this one thing, that you're going to be in unity. Uh, before we get into talking about it, I need you to make a decision that in, in some of this, you might have to agree to disagree, but you're, it's not going to affect your unity. All right. And so, and last week, if you heard the message, the one thing we talked about, one of the things we talked about is that God loves to rest on unity. 
It's one of the things that attract God in a greater measure. It attracts God in a greater measure where he says, I want to come and I want to rest there. I want to be a part of that party, right? Where Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am there, right? Okay, so here's some, here's some important gift facts, okay? One, there are different ones, same Lord. Say that with me. Say different ones, same Lord. Number two, they are gifts, not rewards. Y'all are awesome. I didn't even ask you to keep repeating, but let's just keep going with that. Number three, given and distributed by the Holy Spirit. And number four, the gifts work in unison. So they work together. All right. Then what are the gifts for? They are for the common good and the building up of the church. Okay? So... All the different, again, I'm going to really dive in next week to talking about what those gifts look like. Some of you might be like wondering, like, okay, are you going to dive? I'm not going to dive into that this week. This week. Today, I'm here to tell you there are gifts that the Spirit distributes, and they're not for anybody's own personal um, promotion. It's not for you to be able to say, well, this is how I'm going to build my ministry. The gifts on your life are for the building up of the body. They are for the common good. And so you need to know this, is that if your spirit has been, if you have, if you have been born again, is whether or not you have actually learned to walk in those gifts, you have been given gifts that are for the common good. So nobody here can say, I have nothing to give. If, if you're here and this is your family, you have something for the common good and the building up of this body that is needed, Right? And so, but it's okay, there, there is, and something I'm going to hit on in just a few minutes is I'm going to talk about the path of you walking that out and increasing in that, okay? But we always have to remember that it is for the common good. So there are these gifts, each, one, each of us may have, some of us may have same gifts, some of us are going to have different gifts, some of, us, some of those gifts may have different flavors the way that maybe Pastor Nick operates in prophetic gifting may look different from me or from uh, Matt, but it, it is all um, for the building up in the encouragement of the body, right? And then uh, we, we, we have this, is that there are gifts, but then there is a certain spirit of those gifts, meaning this, is that there's one Lord, and God isn't going to say, hey, I'm going to use your gift for encouragement, and I'm going to use your gift to um, discourage people. Okay, I, there, there, is, there is an actual, you can ask someone, the, the Bible says that the gifts of God are given without repentance, meaning this, is that the, a gift is a gift. God doesn't give it to you and take away. Okay, is you can actually use the gift that God's given you for a negative thing. You can actually use the gift that God's giving you to do harm and not good. So if you don't actually have the spirit of the God who gives the gifts, then you won't know how he wants you to use that gift to build up. The only option will be to make it about yourself. Okay? So let me, I'm going to actually read to you... Um, uh, let, me, let me do this. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
27 through 31 really quick. And we're talking about the spirit of the gifts. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? And so he's, he's asking this question, and the answer to this question is no. Not everybody is apostles, not everybody's, but, um, but he's, he's making the point again. He's saying, he's saying not everybody's going to look the same, but there are all the different gifts. And then he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So he's saying even the greatest gifts, I want you to desire them. But he said, still, even the greatest gifts, I will still show you the most excellent way. Okay, he's saying there are amazing gifts, all of the gifts. There, he's saying some are greater than others and desire all of them, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And if we could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it says this. It says if, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water. We've got a little music happening. Perfect timing. I think that was the Pink Panther. Um, it's beautiful. Man. Don't be embarrassed. That was perfect. All right, 1 Corinthians. Y'all with me? If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. That's strong words, right? Strong words where he's saying, hey, you could have the faith and you could move mountains, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. That's it reminds me of when Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? And he'll say, Hey, depart from me, I never knew you. That's a very sobering scripture for me because um, I've seen where it's easy as you see the gifts of God in, in, um, in operation, it's easy to be very impressed with those gifts. But I think what has to mark the body is that we're always more impressed with him than we are the gifts. In your life, in the way the body functions is that's why we always everything everything in the body of Christ everything in the kingdom it is birthed out of this his love and his lordship okay and so I love your gifts and I love who you are but um, if you don't have love meaning this I think how, how do we how do we walk in love the Bible says that we love because he first loved us I think it means this, is that you actually have to learn to receive the love of God. You have to learn to actually sit with Jesus and learn to be loved by him and learn to receive his love and how to get his heart for others. We don't want just his gifts. We want his heart. We want his spirit. We want to know not just what to do what he did, but to do it from the heart in which he did it. What's the thing that actually drove you to that? What's the thing that actually made you do that? What's the thing that moved you to go and encourage that person and to heal that person, right? And so that only comes from sitting with him. 
So before giftings, it is the love of God and his love manifesting through your life. It is actually, you know, um, you, you ever, uh, you ever know, known someone and they started hanging out with like a new friend or something, they start talking different, they start saying things and be like, that doesn't sound like you, that sounds like that person, right? And they start saying, and, and it happens, because if you get around somebody long enough, you're going to begin, and you talk enough and you spend enough intimate time together, that you're going to begin to talk the way they talk and think the way they think and believe the way they believe. And so it happens with Jesus as we get into his presence, we begin to talk in a different way. He begins to influence every part of our lives. He begins to influence the way that we see people. He influences the way that we see life. He influences every part. And so I'd say having the gifts but not the influence of Christ can be a dangerous thing. And so what I'm saying is one is good. The gifts are good, but they are subservient to another, to knowing Jesus, right? And, uh, and look, I've seen it. I've seen, um, you, you know, here's the whole deal. If you go and you read Corinthians is they were a people. Paul actually, in, in the first chapter of Corinthians, he, he praises the Corinthians for being a spiritually minded people, for, for being a people that have gone after the gifts. But because there were division, it tells me this. It tells me that there were a people that were going after the gifts of God, but in it, in their doing and in their going, they had stopped sitting at the feet of Jesus. They had, they, they had become so passionate about the greater things of God that they forgot that the greatest thing in God was the sitting with him and knowing him. And so for me, I say, I, I want to see all the gifts in operation. I want to see, I want to see, I, because I want to see you built up and I want to see us mature and I want to see us become everything that he's called us to. But it's going to start with this, us knowing him us making place for him. It's why prayer and worship and praise, it's why, it's why agreeing with who he is and what he's saying and what he's doing has got to be the first thing that we learn to do. It's why we, we ultimately begin even our gatherings in worship and praise. We come in with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is agreeing with what God has done. Worship is agreeing with who God is. And then our prayer and our intercession is agreeing with God, what God says he's going to do. So it's built around, I have to learn to have his heart. I have to learn who he is, and I have to learn what he wants to do. Right? And so that is the, there's the gifts of the spirit, and then the spirit of the gifts. It's the spirit of God. It's the nature of God. It's knowing him. It's the love of God. God is love. It's who he is. He can't be different than that because it's literally who he is. And so to know him, what a beautiful thing. When you know him, you are full of his love, and then you're operating in his gifts. I've found this is that the gifts operate freely in my life when I am walking in his love for me and for the people around me. I know that if I get around somebody and I have God's heart for them, the gifts are going to flow freely. It's easy to hear what he's saying about somebody whenever you have chosen to see them the way that God sees them. Right? So what a beautiful thing. I think a lot of times, though, 
I think a lot of times the reason the church has kind of backed away from talking about the gifts is because it's been a place where it's been so out of order because he hasn't been the Lord. He hasn't been made Lord. And so what we have to do is keep this one thing in front of us, his lordship. This, you, you are the leader, Jesus. We love you. We agree with you. We've placed you at the center. Not just, we, we love the gifts, but we, we, that, without you, that doesn't mean a thing. And we're going to get it wrong. Right? And so, I believe today the Lord is inviting you in to one, to, his, to know him, to walk with him, to have his heart to receive his love for you and so that you can love others. And then he actually teaches you through the gifts that he's given you how to love people well. Isn't that beautiful? Yep. I, I want to I read a little bit more of 13. It says, If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. And then it says this, love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when, we, when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. He's saying that there's going to there's gonna be a time where, um, where everything is made known. And even as we see Jesus face to face, there's not need um, for some of the giftings, but there's this one thing that's going to remain. There's this one thing that's going to remain, and it's his love. It's who he is. That's what remains. He, he is the same yesterday and for, today and forever. He is the same. And then it says that, um, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so what a beautiful thing when the gifts of the Spirit are built on the foundation of love. And I believe that we have to really plant ourselves in the love of God. We have to determine. We have to, I, I think, before we ever operate in a gifting is that we need to check our hearts and say, do I feel the love of God for, uh, for the people around me? Am I rooted and planted in the love of God? Um, I heard one person say this, is you have no authority where you have no love. So to come into a place and to get around a person and maybe you see something happening in their lives, maybe you're discerning something. Maybe, maybe you're discerning something that needs to change in their life. Maybe, whatever it is, maybe you sent something. You, you, think, you, you hear what the Lord's saying. Before we do anything, before we form an opinion or a judgment, what we do is we say, Lord, give me your heart and your love for this person. Because what does love look like? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love chooses to, to see the best. Right? 
Love chooses not to hold into account wrongs, right? And so I believe in all of this, as we are learning about the gifts of the body, is we have to make a decision. We actually have to commit to being rooted in the love of God and to constantly bring our hearts before the Lord and to know him and to say, Lord, am I being transformed into the image of Jesus? Is Jesus being formed in me? Amen? Y'all good? Awesome. I, um, I've got more, but this is what I want to do. Um, let, let me... Let me say this, is that um, even in the giftings, there is a process to you growing in them. Okay, there's a process. Um, you, if, if you, in your life, you say, well, I really feel like I have, the, the Lord told me that I'm going to have a healing ministry. That's awesome. We need that, right? Um, if the Lord tell, told you you're going to have a, you have a prophetic gifting or you have a gift of leadership in your life, there is a process to you growing in that. Okay, and it's and it's this: it's as you're growing in the love of God, um, He's teaching you how to carry a gift um, where it helps the body, builds up the body, but it doesn't actually destroy your life. Okay, the the Lord doesn't want to give you a blessing that will destroy you. The the the, the Lord blesses and He adds no sorrow to it. So, um, if um, how many, if you have a child and you see a gift on their life, you actually have to walk with them. There's a process to their growth, right? If my son seemed like he really loved music and he's like, I want to play the guitar. Well, I've got to actually give him a guitar that fits him. Like I bought my boys a, um, what's called a baby tailor because it fits their bodies. They can actually reach if I said, you know what, I'm going to get y'all the biggest, baddest guitar, and I'm going to teach you that, well, guess what? They're going to be struggling. They're going to be like, this just doesn't fit me well, okay? And so the Lord actually, he, there's a process to your life. Jesus, when he was a young boy, he, was, um, there, the, he had this moment where he was teaching in the synagogues, and um, Mary and Joseph, his, father, his mother and father, couldn't find him. They lost him for like days, all right. I know none of the mothers in the room on Mother's Day, you're like, you've never done that. You never lost your child, right? Um, I still fear I don't want to lose my kids in like Target or something. We, uh, that's why we do leashes. I'm joking. Um, but uh, it talks about this with Jesus. After, after this moment, it's, you, you begin to see the gift of God on his life, right? He's teaching at 12 years old. And then the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and he grew in this. He grew in favor with God and man. And in your life, as you're growing in your gifting, if you're, if you're in a place in your life where you are developing the gift of God in your life, I kind of wanted to, to, to kind of land this with saying that there's a process, and you have to grow in favor with God and man. Um, there's this really good example in King David. David was a shepherd boy in the field, and he played music, and he worshiped God. He was a man after God's own heart. The, the prophet comes, and he anoints David as king. And, but David didn't go back. Didn't, he, he could have easily taken this mindset, oh, I've been anointed king. I'm going to walk straight up to the palace, and I'm going to tell these people who I am and what God has said. 
And he didn't. The Bible actually says that David went back to the field. He went back to the sheep. And it was 14 years from the moment the prophet laid hands on him and anointed him as the next king until he actually became king. Why? It's because he was anointed. He had favor with God, right? God said, this is the next king. But he had to spend 14 years growing in favor with man. In, in this house, you may say, I, I feel like I'm gifted to do this. God knows how to find you and he knows how to promote you. You don't have to promote yourself. Okay? You don't have to try. Just have a heart for people and love the people around you that you're in relationship with. I remember when we started the church, a young man, he was precious, he was zealous for the Lord, um, but he hadn't quite grown in favor with man. He came up to me and said, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to help you lead the church. I need the microphone. I need this. And I was like, bro, I don't know you. We just met and nobody here knows you. Just because he believed he had favor with God, he had not grown in favor with man, right? And he couldn't handle it and he left. And I was like, ah, that's unfortunate because I love you. And I do believe there's a gift of God on your life. But being able to come and be planted and to submit to one another in love, to be able to say, hey, I love you. I'm not trying to prove anything to you, but to be in an atmosphere where you can learn to be you in Jesus. That's the desire, okay? And so I believe that it's gonna take this thing called humility for us to operate like that, right? Love and humility. So let us, let's stand. Let's stand. Had, had, had more, but maybe we'll try and hit it next week. But um, I, I just, I believe that the Lord is wanting to establish something in our hearts here, in our lives here, where there's this one thing is that, say this with me, say, Jesus is Lord. It's not just a saying, it's this, is that he really is. And he's a good leader. He, he is the good shepherd that leads us beside still waters. He's the good shepherd that leads us to green pastures. And so there's this, is that each, in, each of us individually, you should know the Lord. We, we need to know the Lord's leadership. And then corporately, how we operate as a body, we need to know his lordship. But the fruit of that is so good. The fruit of that, like we talked about last week, is that we actually get to grow in him. We get to mature in him. And we get to actually be a part of encouraging one another. There is nothing, I tell you, there, there is nothing like being full of the love of God and being able to express the love of God to someone. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like when the Lord decides, whenever he chooses to partner with you, to reveal what's in somebody's heart so it draws them near to the Lord. There's nothing like that. I know in my own life, I've gotten to be a part of that. And in, in, I've been able to have these moments of draw, helping draw people to the heart of God through various gifts. But, it was, but I, I knew in my heart it couldn't be about me. Like you, you keep this posture of, Lord, I'm just so grateful that I get to be a part of what you're doing. I just, I'm just so grateful. This wasn't, it, it, it reminds me that I have place in you. It reminds me that I'm a part of you. It reminds me that I'm one with you. And I could never have earned that or deserved that, but I'm just grateful. I, I, for me, I stand grateful to be a part of this house with you. I'm grateful. I, I get to hear stories 
day, uh, each day about what the Lord's doing in some of your lives, and I love it. I love seeing some of you begin to walk out your gifting with the Lord, and it's a beautiful thing. And I want to invite every person under the sound of my voice, if you are saying, I want to be a part of the body, is you have invitation. You have invitation to submit to his lordship, to know his love, and to be to partner with his love to release that in the earth. That is your calling, and it might look different than the way it looks for me, but you are invited into that. How many of you are grateful for that? How many of you want that? And I want that in your life. How many of you want to be a part of the body? Yeah? So this is what we even did this last week, is I felt like um, more than we're, the, over the next few weeks, just going to have like time, like, deep ministry time, I felt like this is just a few weeks of us making a decision. It's a, it's a few weeks of us giving the Lord our yes. And this is what I want us to do is, and last week we heard about, we, we learned about the body. We learned about the leader, how God's leadership. And this week we're learning about the gifts and how to walk in those gifts. Um, I want us this week to say yes to all of that, to the Lord, between you and him, that you are, some of you are in the room and you need to make a decision that you're going to be planted in the body to grow and to be a part of others' growth. Some of you said like, even some of you, you've had church, bad church history, and the Lord is wanting to, to rearrange the way you think. Some of you, you, you've been through some hard things and you've said, I've actually been hurt by church leadership. And tell you this, is that wasn't God's heart. They might have been operating in a gift, but they didn't know the spirit of the gift. And I want to tell you this, is that it's okay that you can actually forgive them and you can believe God that he's going to establish his thing under his lordship the way he wants it. Amen. And so um, some of you today, the Lord wants to actually heal your heart of bad experiences that have happened in the body. And he's wanting you to know that there is hope and there is um, a healthy way that he has planned and designed and that he wants to invite you into that. But it starts with this, you having your heart right before him, right? So let's do this. Let's come before him. Jesus, this morning, I just thank you that you are the head of your body. Thank you for your lordship. Thank you that in your presence there's peace and clarity. Thank you that you would actually design your body in a way, Lord, where it would be built up and matured, where it's not confusion, there's not disarray, Lord, but there's your peace and your love, and, in, and through diversity there's unity. And so we say yes to the way that you want to do things, Lord. We ask that you would come and teach us. Holy Spirit, we invite you as teacher. We invite you to come and to, um, to begin to work out the fruit of the, deposit the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Jesus, I pray for each person today that they would encounter your love, that they would know that they are so loved by you, so wanted by you, and that it would set them free to be able to be agents of your love in the earth and in the body. So come on, with our hands lifted high, let's just say yes to him. Yes, Jesus, we give you our yes. Come and heal our hearts today. Come and establish us in your love, in your kingdom. We thank you for uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just release the love of God in the room, the peace and joy of God. Bless your people, Jesus. 
Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.